morning, God's Word comes to us from Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. We're going to begin our reading at verse 15 and read through verse 23 of this chapter. Colossians chapter 1. Beginning at verse 15, what we hear now is God's word. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Here we are in the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of the Trinity Psalter hymnal to page 858 in the back section. This is the Belgic Confession of Faith, and this morning I will read for you Article 10, reading from page 858, Article 10, entitled, The Deity of Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ, according to his divine nature, is the only Son of God, eternally begotten, not made nor created, for then he would be a creature. He is one in essence with the Father, co-eternal, the exact image of the person of the Father and the reflection of his glory, being in all things like him. He is the Son of God, not only from the time he assumed our nature, but from all eternity, as the following testimonies teach us when they are taken together. Moses says that God created the world, and John says that all things were created by the Word, which he calls God. The letter to the Hebrews says that God made the world by his Son. Paul says that God created all things by Jesus Christ. And so, it must follow that he who is called God, the Word, the Son, and Jesus Christ, already existed when all things were created by him. 
Therefore, the prophet Micah says that his origin is from ancient times from eternity. And Hebrews says that he has neither beginning of days nor end of life. So then, he is the true eternal God, the Almighty, whom we invoke, worship, and serve. This is our confession of faith. Well, this morning we continue our study of the Word of God as it is summarized for us in the Belgic Confession of Faith. We are still in that first section of the confession which deals with uh, theology proper. Now, it's true that throughout the confession it deals with various parts of theology, but the beginning is in theology proper, that is, who God is in Himself. And we have seen that God is a revealing God. He is a God who's chosen to make himself known through creation and through the word he's given to us. And we saw last time he is a triune God. That's the testimony of Scripture to who God is. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This morning we look at the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. And our confession is that Jesus Christ is God. This, this truth, this reality, that Jesus Christ is God, and we confess that truth, is central to our understanding of salvation. We confess He is the God-man. Now, there are many who will not question Jesus' humanity. The fact that he is a man, they will grant that. In fact, often overemphasizing his humanity. They will, they will say Jesus was a great teacher. He was a fine example. Perhaps even going so far as to say he was a true prophet of God. He was a good man, someone to follow. But he was more than man. He was the God-man. And this is where uh, people will object. Well, he was a fine man, but, but God himself? There were those in Jesus' day who would not believe that, that he was God himself. But it is this truth that Jesus was not only man, he was God also. It is this truth that qualified him to be our perfect and only mediator. The title of the message this morning, The Deity of Christ, uh, that's a fairly uh, theologically laden title. It's the type of, type of title you'd hear at a minister's conference, uh, the type of title you'd maybe hear at a lecture in seminary, The Deity of Christ. But that truth, that truth that Jesus is not only man, he is also God, is at the heart of the gospel. Paul points out that truth, the truth of who Jesus is as God, when he speaks in Colossians chapter 1. He says he is the image of the invisible God, and he's going to spell that out in two ways. He says he is the firstborn of all creation, and then down in verse 18, he is the firstborn from the dead. This is Jesus Christ, 
God-man, firstborn of creation and firstborn from the dead. He is, as Paul says, the image of the invisible God. And often when we hear that image of God language, we think about creation. Because truly, man was created in the image of God, after the likeness of God. This is fleshed out for us more fully in the New Testament. What is that image of God in man? He was created in true righteousness and holiness. When we talk about the the image of God in man, we are saying that there is something of a reflection of who God is in who man is. We as men and women and boys and girls reflect something of God. We are created in his image. That is not what Paul means when he talks about Jesus being created in the image of God, having the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. There are those who who would suggest this image of of God language makes Jesus a creature. But when Paul says image of God, he's talking not about a reflection of God in Jesus Christ. He's talking about identification with God. That's what he means by that language, not a reflection, but identification. We could look at Hebrews chapter 1, And in Hebrews chapter 1, our author there describes Jesus in chapter 1, verse 3. Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. The radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Not simply a reflection, but identification. Jesus in John 14 says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. And he says in John 10, I and the Father are one. When we say that Jesus is firstborn of all creation, he is the very image of God, he is identified with God, not simply a reflection, he's not a creature. And some would suggest that this language, the firstborn of all creation, refers to him as a creation, that he is a creature. But as our confession points out and other scriptures point out, he is prior to all creation. Prior in time, prior in position. We talked about this in our Advent series uh, this past uh, Advent season. As we looked at John chapter 1 and Jesus the Word. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things were created through Him. Yes, uh, God the Father is the Creator. But He creates through the instrumentality of His Son. Again, from Hebrews chapter 1. We read there about the Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. God the Father powerfully creates through the work of the Son. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And God said, he spoke the word, let there be light, and there was light. The power 
of God in the Son, the power of God in the Word. Jesus Christ is divine. He is true God, the divine and powerful instrument of creation. Paul says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, whether visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. For he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. He is before all things in preeminence. And in him all things hold together. He gives meaning. He gives purpose to our lives. Our lives are, are held together by the power of the Son who is God, the deity of Christ. He's the one who who directs us, who guides us, who leads us by the power of His Spirit. If we, if we find things in our lives going badly, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is, does Jesus have preeminence? Does, does my life find its purpose and its meaning in Him? Not just a meaning in the things I can accomplish, not just meaning things in the work of my hands, but, but the meaning in my life comes from the fact that Jesus Christ, the God-man, is the one who directs my decisions and my actions. All things were created through him and for him. We exist that we might live for Christ we exist that he might give meaning and purpose to our life and we might live not for our own selves but for his honor and for his glory he is the firstborn of all creation the one who was before all the one who has preeminence and the one who continues to guide and direct us his people giving us purpose giving us meaning in life he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Paul says in verse 18, He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And now his language changes, not from creation language. We could say it changes to recreation language. Jesus Christ is firstborn of the dead. The wonderful truth of the resurrection. That death, death the final enemy, death that which all of us will faith, face, death as powerful as it is, could not hold Jesus Christ. He is the firstborn from the dead. The power of the grave could not hold him. Paul talks about this. In Ephesians, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at length. And I would commend that to you. This afternoon, read through 1 Corinthians 15. But he says there in verse 20, In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ is the first fruits, the firstborn. You know the first fruits principle, kids. 
The first fruits principle was given to us all the way back in the Old Testament where God told his people to bring to him the first fruits, literally the first of the fruit that they would harvest, to bring that to God as an offering. And they did that, bringing the first fruits in the confidence that God would give more fruit. They would not harvest their whole field, get it all in, and then, and then at the very end give God something. No, he got the first part. He got the first fruits. In hope and in confidence that there would be more fruit. Christ is the first fruit of the dead. He came back from death. He defeated death. And, and knowing that he did that, and he is first fruits, we can have assurance and confidence in our own resurrection. An eternity spent not in the grave, not in the ground, but an eternity spent with our God whom we love and desire to serve. Only God can defeat death. There were others, others of God's people, who, who did not die. You recall Enoch, children. In Genesis chapter 5, Enoch, the man who walked with God. Enoch would walk with God on a regular basis and, and apparently one day he just kept on walking and God took him right to himself. Enoch never saw death. Elijah, we said Elijah a number of months ago. Elijah bypassed death. He, he was getting ready to, to be taken up and the horses and the chariots come down and Elijah is taken up in a whirlwind. He never saw death. It is true that Enoch and Elijah bypassed death. But Christ overcame death. Christ conquered death. He was dead and brought to life again. No one else has ever done that, and it, it takes God to overcome the power of death. The deity, the divinity of Jesus Christ, he did that which only God can do, overcome the power of death. He is firstfruits of the dead. He is firstborn of the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. There are some that say, you know, the New Testament never calls Jesus God. Just simply read the text from this morning. All the fullness of God dwelling in him. Jesus Christ, the God man. And what does is, what is Paul say? And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus Christ, because he is first born from the dead, reconciles us to God. Now we talked about reconciliation in our Facets of Redemption series last year. Reconciliation, a little different than forgiveness. Forgiveness is the washing away of our sins. A little different than propitiation, removing God's anger. Reconciliation has to do with restoration of the relationship. 
Now, we have that even in, in our relationships. We can, we can have offenses against each other, and there can be a confession of sin, there can be forgiveness given. The anger, the wrath can be turned aside, but we say the relationship just isn't what it used to be. We have this kind of, kind of hanging over our heads. We, we truly haven't been reconciled. We're really not at peace yet. We were at enmity with God because of our sin. A holy God, a righteous God, and we, fallen, sinful men and women. And God has not only forgiven our sins, as wonderful as that is, God has not only taken away His wrath, as wonderful as that is, He has restored our relationship. We are at peace with Him. When we turn to God in prayer, asking for His help, we don't have to wonder, is He still holding my sin against me? Is God still angry with me because of what I've done? In Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled through Him to reconcile to Himself all things making peace by the blood of of his cross the glory of reconciliation and Paul drives the point home where he says and you you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he has now reconciled in the body of flesh by his death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him you have been reconciled Paul says and by the authority of Jesus Christ, I say to all of you, if you have embraced him by faith as Lord and Savior, you have been reconciled. Reconciled to God. You are at peace because Jesus was not just a good man, a wonderful example. He is God. The one who is firstborn of the dead. The one who has raised us to new life. The one in whom we find our hope. And the one who right now we can know has reconciled us with God the Father. We have been reconciled at peace with God because Jesus Christ is God. Paul concludes. He says, He's reconciled us if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have learned, which has been proclaimed in all creation. Paul says, you know this truth and you remain in this truth because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now believe it. Believe the glory of the gospel. Believe what, what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so we call out this morning, we call out to all who have not placed their faith in Jesus, that he is the one who is the only hope, not just a good man. He is the God man. The one who is powerful enough to assure you of the resurrection of the dead because he defeated death. He is the one who by his blood has reconciled you to God. Embrace him by faith. Know this Jesus Christ, this God-man, and know the fullness and the joy and the certainty of salvation. The deity of Christ. Not just a theological topic not just a seminary lecture, but at the heart of the gospel, at the heart of who Jesus Christ is. He was not just a good man. He was not just even a great prophet, 
But he was the Son of God in whom all the fullness dwelt, not simply a reflection of God, but identity with God. Put our faith, we must put our hope and our trust in him and know the assurance of salvation because Jesus Christ is God. Let's join together in prayer. Well, Lord our God, we thank you for the beauty of your word. You are a God who's chosen to reveal yourself and to reveal yourself beautifully in the world you have made and in the word you have given. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and Paul's glorious words about who he is, the image of you, O God, the image of the invisible God and firstborn of all creation and firstborn from the dead. May we rejoice in Jesus Christ, his person and his work. May it give meaning to our life. May you help us to continue to live in a way that would seek first his purposes, his goals. We might walk in a way that is pleasing to you. Thank you, O God, for the assurance you give us of the removal of all of our sins, the removal of your wrath, and the restoration we have to fellowship with you. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing from number 498. Number 498. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me on the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. I will praise my dear Redeemer, his triumphant power I'll tell, how the victory he giveth over sin and death and hell. We're going to sing all four verses, 498. Let's stand together as we sing. 